0: The Around the League podcast has an intern named Lyle.
2: Welcome back to another edition of the Around the League podcast. My name is Dan Henses, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Chris Wessling, Greg Rosenthal, and Mark Sessler. What up, boys? Hey, Dan. Happy Friday. Seduction Friday. <laughs> it's good to be in here with you,
3: Dan, and the rest of you. Mark, Mark, is, ooh. ooh.
2: yeah, yeah. Well, Mark's here.
4: seducing me with this flannel t-shirt Listen, opened up like it's 1993
3: combination. I woke up I like at him. like 3.50 in the morning. And okay, I, c- I feel and like I'm at a
2: cracker concert. Total
3: dark house. <laughs> couldn't find clothing. I just wow. grabbed the first like, pieces of cloth that I, could, that I grabbed, and that's what this is. And you're wearing.
2: wearing matching red pumps as well.
3: Got the red <laughs> pumps on today.
2: And
4: for anyone that doesn't know, the Cracker reference, they were like the Nickelback before there
2: was Nickelback. How about yeah, that? Nickelback of yeah. grunge. <laughs> they were the Nickelback of grunge, I would say. So Big Friday, K. Rich, Brian, the glass, a little angry. We got up to the studio late today, scalded us when we got up here.
1: Yeah, you know, you guys have to be on time. I was up here waiting and waiting and waiting. And I know our podcast listeners know that you guys have to have this
4: out by a certain time. They push download as soon as soon as I... That
3: falls out. on... Greg is our leader. Yeah, we'll put that And on he deals with administrative things like that. When we don't show up, <laughs> that's on Greg. It is. Greg? So,
1: Greg, the only way you can <laughs> redeem yourself is
4: if you say the Eagles will win. Ooh. But, I um, will say that. We all will say that, I think. <laughs> yeah. I, I will, well, let's see. I will take responsibility, But and I will say you're right. The fans demand the podcast early. I just want to say thank you. We've been getting more responses oh, lately. Heat. The... the page, or what did we call it? The, the downloads are going way Metrics. up. The, you know, people are listening. It is catching fire, so we appreciate it. You know, give us the feedback. Give us some stars. Tell your friends, subscribe on multiple devices.
2: How about that? Including Stitcher. Whatever Stitcher is, <laughs> just do, do it. it. Just get it. it. I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's self-aware, possibly. I'm, I'm nervous about it. All right, so why don't we start? We got all of the Week 11 games that we're going to break down on the on Seduction Friday, uh, but we'll start with the Thursday night football game, the first game of Week 11, a 30-27 win for the Indianapolis Colts who continue this, I think, kind of amazing ride where they can't lose two games in a row in the Andrew Luck era, they fell behind big, came back with uh, two quick scores to uh, take control of the game, and now the Colts are doing okay. They are seven and three; they're cruising in their division. Greg, I'll start with you. Were you impressed with the Colts? I know they won, but were you impressed by them?
4: Yes, because that's all they need to do right now. I think we can put them in the playoffs. You might as well say the AFC South champions are the Colts. They're not going to blow a three-team, three-game lead with these other bad teams in the divisions. They're 3-0 and on the road in their division. So their next three division games are at home. And it's not about how you're playing in mid-November. I think this team could be playing much better when they get to January, and they don't have to give any of these wins back. I think they'll be there.
3: And they're doing it with, I think it's a surprise that Donald Brown has emerged. Probably that that's a guy they wanted to phase it's- out. And he comes on and he does everything it's, they thought they were going to get from Trent Richardson.
2: It's not even a question anymore. Donald Brown is the best running back in Indianapolis. If, if anybody that watches him or watched that game last night, he was slicing through the defense. Every time Richardson get the, gets the ball, maybe it's bad luck. Because some, it, would, it felt like Richardson, uh, Brown was going six yards, five yards, nine yards. Richardson, negative two. Brown, six yards. <laughs> w- what is this? I, I I don't know what to make of it. Wes? <laughs> well, I, I said last
5: night that uh, Pep Hamilton finally found his uh, old-school power rushing attack, and it was behind the couch the whole time. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. In the little corner. I mean, the biggest upset of the
4: year is Wessling has now changed his feeling on the Colts somewhat because of Donald
5: Brown. Who would well, have thought it? This ow! guy's been buried so many different times. Dan asked if we, were, if we were impressed by the Colts last night. I was not impressed by the Colts in the least. I was impressed by Andrew Luck. There you go. That's fair. He, when everything else breaks down around him, w- when he has no talent, he finds a way to win games. And I know smart fans don't want to hear that a, a certain player is a winner, but Andrew Luck is flat out a winner. That team hasn't drafted well, didn't draft well this year. Their pre-agent signings were questionable. Basically, what they've done is drafted Andrew Luck, and it's turned their franchise around. And there's something to the fact that
4: they come back in all these games. They're not a great team, but I think they're a young, overachieving team, and the DNA of the same team that beat the Seahawks and the 49ers and the Broncos is still in that room. I know Reggie Wayne's not, and that's why I still give them a chance to get better as the season goes. The comeback
5: goes. stats on Andrew Luck are, are mind-blowing. He, The Colts have 18 wins since he got there. A third of them have been when they were down by 12 points or more. It is a team
3: sport, though, Wes. That's it's not crazy. just Andrew Luck doing it alone. It is doing a team sport, alone. but... His legs were huge right. last night. Uh, you defend
5: that point. The then. Tell me great. who's on that team is playing well <laughs> besides him.
3: I think that's what I feel about <laughs> the Colts in general, is that, look at they've gone out and beaten teams no one thought they would have beaten this season with what is a lot of guys you prob- your average fan couldn't even name. And I agree with you. Andrew Luck is turning into... Whatever our generation means, the group of people that watch football now, a very special quarterback. He already is, but I just refuse to say it's just him and the rest of the team nah, is really
2: well,
4: unimpressive. You got to give Stanley Havili some credit. The I mean, rest, of the yeah.
3: Yeah. yeah,
5: luck is number the one. Rest of the Havili team is thoroughly unimpressive.
2: Let let, <laughs> let me say one thing, Wes. You said on Wednesday that um, they need somebody to step up and fill that void. One guy who impressed me yesterday was Kobe Fleener. Um, He's been a little quiet since he's coming to the league, but last year, uh, yesterday he had he went over 100 yards. He has really good hands. He has chemistry with Luck. Maybe they can turn that into something they could build off because he would be a much-needed second option to Hilton.
5: My, yeah, my point was they needed a player who can beat man coverage or who can make plays in traffic. I don't think Kobe Fleener's that guy. They missed Dwayne Allen in that. But what Kobe, Kobe Fleener is, if you have Donald Brown giving you a rushing attack and you can use play action – then you can get Kobe Fleener open that way. And he can make plays after the catch. He's got like 4, 5, 4, six speed. We saw that last night. I think if Donald Brown stays the runner ahead of Trent Richardson, and we'll see because they swear they would make that trade all over again. What but if, if Donald Please. Brown stays the runner, that helps the running game and Kobe Fleener, I think.
4: If they make that trade again, they're doubly stupid. <laughs> what are
5: they yeah.
2: going to say? What are, gonna what are say?
3: you going to say? Right? You just it made it two months ago.
2: Yeah, I don't. I don't think it was a stupid trade at the time. Now it looks really bad, and it, it doesn't seem like it's going to get any better. Even when they they tried to get him involved in the passing game, Richardson, early yesterday, and everything. Again, it was like four yards, cloud of dust type stuff. He just not. He doesn't look ex- explosive as a player.
5: I will say, if, if Brown stays in there, I do like this team's playoff chances a lot better. Thank- Making the playoffs. No, to actually win win a game. Yeah, I I mean, I conceded by the end of last game that they were going to be the end of last night's game, that they're in the playoffs. Right. But I think this gives them a chance to actually win a game in the playoffs now.
2: All right, so let's move on to the rest of Sunday's uh, Week 11's games. We'll start with the big games on Sunday, and there were three that we circled and we kind of liked how they looked, and there's no way around it. The game of the week is the 9-0 Kansas City Chiefs going to Denver to face the 8-1 and Broncos. Peyton Manning's going to play in this game. Um, who knows if he'll be limited. But, Wes, do you see the Chiefs finally going down this season?
5: I do. And I think, you know, that's not to say they don't have a chance. We, I think we have uh, we saw this morning what Andy Reid's record was coming off byes. It's the best in the NFL. The Chiefs have a great defense. I just don't know if they can keep up with a Broncos team that has – 20 more touchdowns than every other team in the AFC. Half the teams in the AFC don't even have 20 touchdowns.
3: Yeah, I think with Kansas City, it's like they've had the easiest strength of schedule of any team in the league this year, and they've played a rash of rookie or inexperienced quarterbacks. And all along, I mean, when we knew that they were, the record was getting better and better, this was the week that you looked at and said, we don't take you seriously until you go out and do it against... It doesn't matter what Denver's record is. You've got to do it against Peyton Manning. But listen, it is one of those great matchups because the Chiefs are allowing like a league low in terms of quarterback passer rating, and then you've got this outrageous Broncos team coming in. I want to see what happens. But which Chiefs defense is it? Is, is, it?
4: is it the Chiefs defense from the first six weeks? Because I think you can put a line of demarcation. When they played the Texans, Case Keenum moved the ball on them. The Browns, they were not a dominant defense. They didn't touch the quarterback. They literally did not touch uh, Jeff Toole in that game in Buffalo. Not a quarterback hit, not a sack. So are they the dominant great Chiefs defense from the first six weeks, or are they just kind of the okay defense that we saw the last three?
5: It's a good question because Peyton Manning's been hit so much lately too, and that, that would be the way the Chiefs win the game is to get to
3: Peyton Manning. Well, and they said today they were, you know, but they they had those exact quotes. We want to get to him. We want to make him feel us. Right, isn't every team that's gone up against Peyton Manning ever tried that same exact thing? It's there's no harder quarterback to hit,
4: but it's working the last three weeks in a way that I can't remember. Manning has been so good over the years that he takes like two big hits a season, and he's taken about two or three a game the last three weeks, even against San Diego, who does not have a good pass rush. They got some pretty good shots on him.
5: I think Chris Clark's been okay filling in for Ryan Clady, but he's allowed three strip sacks in half the season.
4: My other thing with this game is I talked to the Chiefs' defense is different now potentially than it was in September. I mean, the Broncos' defense is so different with Miller and Woodyard out there together. They've played much better the last two weeks. Miller is a great run stopper. Woodyard is one of the best coverage linebackers in the league. So you put those two guys back on the field, they're a much different defense than they were early.
3: This reminds me a little bit of when Kansas City went in to play the Eagles, and everyone thought, oh, we've just seen this Eagles team. And obviously that offense is for real in Philadelphia. We're seeing that. Kansas City found a way to completely control the pace of that game. They're going to have to do the same if they get down fourteen nothing or seventeen nothing out of the gate. What does Kansas City do on offense to come back into it? Because we've seen no evidence they can climb back into a game. Uh, That's That's a good good, question. They
5: haven't had to face that situation yet, and I think that's what. Everybody questions about this. They,
4: they need to have Charles just have a monster game, which is possible. I think it's possible. It's possible, but the Broncos are very good against the run. Yep. All right, moving on. And we all picked the Broncos, by the way. No one no one went for the Chiefs. It was right. a 5-0. And, oh.
2: and if you do want to see our picks, it's on the uh, Around the League blog page. Just find it. Google it. It's the only chance you got. All right, the <laughs> other big game of the day. I actually, I actually like this. This is my favorite game. The Niners um, – coming off that tough loss to the Panthers. They now travel to the Superdome to face a Saints team coming off that historic performance against the Cowboys in primetime. Um, this will be the Fox Game of the Week. Joe Buck's excited about it. So am I. Mark, how do you see this one playing out?
3: I'm with you, Dan. This, this to me, is the one that I I find most interesting this week. You know, I think if, if, uh, if all that Bounty Gate stuff hadn't happened, this could have been last year's NFC Championship. Mm. And... I'm excited to see what San Francisco's defense which, you know, since week 4 that Rams game when I think they started to turn a corner a little bit, they've allowed 11.8 points per game. Much stingier, but then they go in and they have to deal with a Drew Brees who's thrown 18 touchdowns at home, which is more than 24 other teams have done anywhere right. all season.
2: I'm I think anyone who picks the Saints to lose at home right now is completely insane and should be put into an institution. <laughs>
3: into an institution, yeah.
2: Throw away the key. One of those crude institutions, institutions where they don't treat aren't people. Are already
3: well. bubbling with too many characters. Any, as it is. any kind of institution,
4: a gambling mistake, a mental one,
2: a, mental, a crude mental institution. My wife
4: went to the Institute of Culinary Education. Would that count?
2: That would not count. I'm talking about the ones run by nuns, and you know, it's very, it's very cruel. You, you deserve punishment for picking against the saints. Am I right, Wes? Yes.
4: <laughs> the numbers yes. with Drew Brees are are crazy in terms of the home-road splits. I think he's 18 touchdowns, two interceptions at home, and he's 7-5 and five on the road. They're a completely different team, and they're a completely different defense because that is still, as great as Seattle is, the loudest crowd in the league is still New Orleans because they have the, the dome helping them out.
5: And how is Sam Fran going to move the ball? They just released the starting receiver, Kyle Williams. Vanquon Bolden runs routes that are seven yards deep. They don't have a deep threat in the least. I don't. Is Vernon Davis playing? I, th- I think
4: Vernon Davis will play, but we don't know as we're uh, taping this. Right, and
3: now. we know when, when he's not on the field, Kaepernick's production drops right, off I, a cliff.
2: I thought Peter King wrote put it well in his Monday morning quarterback. He said, "I don't even know who you are anymore." Colin Kaepernick, he he just he's not the same guy, and that has a lot to do with the, the weapons that he's dealing with. Until he gets Crab Crabtree back, until he has Vernon D- Davis healthy, um, you know Mario Manningham, until he can give them something, this might be a case where they're going to struggle to move the ball, and they're not going to win a shootout in New Orleans. That's why I, that's why I don't like their chances. Are, are
5: you, I you could sc- see them scoring, don't you? Can't yeah, you? I could see them scoring like Frank Gore, you know, but I don't. I can't see them <laughs> keeping up with the Saints.
4: I, I think we're given—I love Bad Santa and everything that he's done in New Orleans, but I still think about Michael Lombardi's old phrase, battleship football, which is that some weeks the the numbers that Rob Ryan's putting up, B4, blocks, you know, C2, sometimes that works, and they look great like they did against Dallas. But other weeks, Chris Ivory can make them look like punks, and, they're, and I think a team could run on them and score plenty of points. I the do, and
5: I, and I think whether Vernon Davis plays is a huge factor. They're a different team with him in the lineup— And regarding your point on Peter King and and how Kaepernick's playing, are we saying that he might not become the greatest quarterback in NFL (laughs) history?
2: (laughs) It's possible. Who said that again that was uh – Dewayne? Jaws. George, so he Jaws. said
5: it, and then a bunch of people jumped right on that bandwagon and said, "Oh yeah, why wouldn't he become the greatest quarterback?" He said ever? he
2: had the tools
4: to potentially have it all, which I see what he was saying. It got twisted. it was little. stronger than that.
2: It wait, was much so, stronger <laughs> than. And then ESPN ran it. Covering for Jaws. ESPN ran it on
5: every segment of every show they produce. For oh, wait, like so a football 48 pundits 48 in September cycle. have
3: made like outrageous predictions that look out completely <laughs> foolish by November. That's what I'm saying. Area pundits
2: fall short. By the way, we were talking about. Mark shirt, which is very rugged and grungy. Look at Chris Wessling over here. This is a new Wessling shirt. This is a plaid, plaid flannel. K. Okay, Rich, can you give a description of what Wes is wearing today?
1: Yeah, he's wearing, it looks like a plaid flannel. It almost, from a distance, looks like a jean, kind of. <laughs> it like. is denim I think, shirt.
4: I think it's like, hey, I just got in town to Austin for South by Southwest. Who's ready to party? That's, <laughs> yeah.
1: that's,
2: that's what the shirt says to Drink me? some PBRs and <laughs> grow a mustache. <laughs> just
5: for, to set the record straight, this is not a denim shirt.
2: All right, Probably well, distant. listeners peeling
3: off by the
5: minute. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a Canadian tuxedo.
2: All right, and that takes us to our third big game of the week. These are three killer games, very excited about this. The New England Patriots, Greg's New England Patriots, his boys now travel to Carolina to face the hottest team in football, the Panthers, rolling five-game winning streak, coming off one of the defining wins, uh, the defining win of the Ron Rivera era. Not a lot of choices, but yeah. Not a lot of choices. (laughs) Greg, how nervous are you as a Patriots fan to be running into this juggernaut at this stage of the season? Well, I consider the Patriots slight underdogs in
4: this game. The way Carolina's playing, I think they've been a better team this season than the Patriots, but these are the types of games Patriots tend to play better than people expect, and uh, we're split on this game, and I think that makes sense. We all picked the Saints. No one disagreed with that, but Dan and I both picked the Patriots In this game, and I think it's because their defense is better. I think Cam Newton and the Panthers' offense is good, but I don't think they're going to put up 25 points. Uh, They're not playing great right now. And the question, I think, for all the Patriots fans, is the offense that we saw before the bye against Pittsburgh a sign that they're going to get it together? Because I think we're going to get Shane Vereen back in this game. And Steven Ridley was looking great as the lead back. Gronkowski and Amendola are healthy this could be a different Patriots offense. It's definitely the toughest test for them all well,
3: year. Well, and since Gronk came back, they're averaging 15.5 more points per game. They've got, they're, they're at 36.3. Gronk made a difference, you're saying? I believe he did. Nice.
4: It was really that one game, though, because the first no, two games other yeah. than that, yeah, they were okay. But I think, I think he makes a big difference. I like the trend this week, though. Let's listen up. Hi, what do you guys think about this trend I just noticed while we're talking? <laughs> the three big quarterbacks of the era, Manning, Brees and Brady in the three big games against maybe the three best defenses in the league. The Chiefs, 49ers are in the mix at least, and the Panthers. So it's like a test for these three great quarterbacks.
5: That's that's a good point, Greg. I like that. But I, I like it as well. <laughs> Thank but, you, guys. But I disagree. <laughs> Screw you. But I disagree that the Patriots have a chance because of their defense. I'm not impressed by their defense at all. They get run on every week. I think they have one of the worst run defenses in the NFL. I think the Patriots with Gronkowski, Vereen, Amendola, it's their offense that scares me. If I, I see, mean, I expect the Panthers to get heat on Tom Brady, but I'm sure that the Patriots have spent their bye week in the extra week preparing for that pass rush.
2: We'll Greg, see, Greg. You, I think, I think Greg, you hit it on the nail um, when you said that the reason why the Patriots are going to win this game is because this is the exact setup where everyone kind of sleeps on the Patriots a little bit. And they and everyone's pumped up, and and rightfully so, with the Panthers. They're playing great. They had a big win on Sunday. But this is the game, especially they're coming off a bye, right? Yes. Bill coming off a bye. You had two weeks pre- to prepare. A little bit of a nobody-believes-in-his-card believe working. <laughs> I. This is just everything set up. The Patriots win 11 or 12 or 13 games every year, so they're going to get the wins. This is just... All set up for me, and that's why I picked him. Even though I'm rooting against so him, that's if, why I picked him.
5: If Belichick's strength is that he takes away your one best player on offense, who does he take away from the Panthers?
4: Cam running, I think. Just really limiting mm. Cam from moving outside the pocket. That
5: would make sense because his passing, even last week, I thought he was awful in that game that they won.
3: Either that or Carolina's punter. Very dangerous. <laughs> Nortman? Very dangerous. Very dangerous. <laughs>
2: You know what you're supposed to do. Just defend your hero. It's very strange whenever Henry has that tone, that nasty tone, because Henry, who handles our defend your hero uh, vocals, he does vox for that, usually very dignified and proper in the office, and you hear that little edge to his voice. It gets you scared. He's an affable fellow. He is. It makes me tense. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, It's a change.
4: You know, we went from the big games, and now we're just going to defending our hero picks.
2: Well, Yes, this is the Defender Hero segment where uh, we go over the games in which only one of us picked a certain team, and now we will throw it to that person to, to explain why they chose that team. We'll start with Greg Rosenthal, who took the Buffalo Bills at home to take down my beloved New York Jets. Uh, my New York Jets now with Ed Reed in the fold. Eat it, Patriots. Uh, Greg, defend your hero.
4: It's not hard to defend. I mean, how many yeah. how many times do we have to watch <laughs> the Jets? put up a stink bomb after they had a win. They haven't won two straight games all year. I think we're under this assumption that they're suddenly the heavy favorites for a playoff spike. May I remind you, this is a team that lost by 25 points in Tennessee. They weren't competitive against the Steelers. They lost by 40 points against the Bengals. This is a team that's gotten blown out, essentially, three different times this year. And they're going on the road. The Bills have been very good at home. I think it's a coin flip game, so I'm taking the home team.
2: Two things. Number one, I don't think anyone calls the Jets a heavy favorite for that six. Yeah, eight. I
4: read your I read your article up on NFL.com. Who's you know going to make the playoffs out of the AFC? And you guys
2: I, are feeling the Jets. I believe I actually wrote they were the uh, plausible favorite. But you know, I think I think you're right. I think with the Jets, they haven't won two games in a row, but they did have a bye last week. And when you think about the bye, how that can mess with this whole ecosystem of win-loss, win-loss, I think that's enough. They that, have, that's my reasoning. They have a losing record under Rex
4: uh, after the bye. I'm, one, buying, one, one, I'm
5: buying any reasoning that begins and ends with the ecosystem.
4: <laughs> 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 to me, this is a matchup, too, of like which rookie quarterback could possibly do less. That's what I think got lost in that Saints win is that Geno has had two Terrible games in a row, so he's not making progress in his rookie year. He's getting worse. He played terrible against Cincinnati, and he might have been well, he, even worse against uh, the Saints. One <laughs> thing he though, the
2: they, ball out of his hands against the Saints. But really,
4: this, he he threw the ball when he threw the ball, he missed throws they asked him to make.
3: But this, Ryan's done something similar before with a team that had major holes at the quarterback position. In terms of against New Orleans, they run for 198 yards and play outstanding defense. That's the recipe to knock off the Bills and win more than two or three in a row. Their defense is legit. I mean, they're shutting other running teams down from scratch. In Gino's defense, I mean, I'm I'm far from
5: his biggest fan, but he has made plays down the field. Sure. He has won games for them. E.J. Manuel has not. Totally agree. And E.J. Manuel has been a check-down machine. He's not taking chances down the field.
4: And Robert Woods and Steve Johnson are both out for this game. So Yikes. the recipe and the reason why I picked them, too, is just – counting on the Bills' defense and their great defensive line to really just dominate the game. That's their only chance.
2: And then I would give two other reasons why the Jets are a good pick. You say they, the Bills are missing those receivers. The Jets get back Santonio Holmes and Kellen Winslow this week. And also I think we agreed uh, earlier this week that E.J. Manuel's worst game of the season was his last game back from injury. His worst game before that was against Rex Ryan's defense where he really looked frazzled. And he really it didn't seem like he was uh, confident at all trying to deal with what Rex was throwing at him. So I'm feeling good. But while we're on the topic of the Jets, can we just touch on the Ed Reed signing real quick? I'm curious what you guys think. Is this going to make any type of difference, or is it more about the name than the actual product that he's going to put out there?
5: I think it's about the name primarily. I I like it. I think it's interesting. I like him reunited with Rex Ryan. It seemed like the right place for him to go to get playing time, but I don't think it makes a big difference as far as
3: wins and losses the rest of the way. I think if New England had signed Reed, which they were interested in theory— that it's the kind of player that could have been cut uh, a couple weeks from now. I don't think Reed is a difference maker, but I do think that going to New York, working with Rex Ryan... He can squeeze something out of him. I agree with Wes. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm happy to have Ed Reed on a team
4: that is in the mix, and he can say whatever he wants. There's gonna be an Ed Reed controversy (laughs) between now and the end of the season. I just we just don't know what it is.
2: And it was such a to me the reason I love the move just because it's exciting as a Jets fan, but also if he makes even one play, it's kind of worth it. I mean, (laughs) they've not been good against the deep ball this year, which has not been something Rex has dealt with in the past. If he can make some plays in center field, who knows? If not, they have three other guys that they like. Um, All right, we'll move on to our second hero pick. Um, This one, this is a bit of a homer pick, potentially, but I don't have any problem with homer picks. Mark Sessler, this is the Cleveland Browns. This is their big shot to make a statement to turn the AFC North upside down. Mark likes the Cleveland Browns to take down the Cincinnati Bengals. The rest of the group thinks that the Bengals will win. Mark, defend your hero.
3: I will defend it by saying that I went back and watched that first Browns Bengals game, and it's one thing if was that all, on company time, mm. uh, it was on personal time. All right, lots of personal time.
2: <laughs> Wait, wouldn't it be okay if it was on company? Time? No, not uh, acceptable. Right, why is there a, <laughs> a controversy weird dynamic?
3: just simply watching
2: ecosystem the issues? Sport
3: we're <laughs> supposed to cover. <laughs> I, I like what Cleveland's defense did against Andy Dalton, it's the same defense, you know. And in, in terms of, of Jason Campbell, he's one of three quarterbacks in the league right now that have thrown touchdowns and no picks. You got Foles, who's got what 16. <laughs> kingdom mm-hmm. has got seven to zero, and Campbell five to zero. No, I don't expect that to continue. <laughs> but listen, <laughs> no, wow, I, it is a weird step. Listen, let me tell you something. Best three QBs in the league. No, no, no. He shows me something because Cleveland is not Greg, far uh, Mark's away. Mark's going to
2: strain a hamstring stretching <laughs> hard right now. They're
3: not far away when they get competent quarterback play, and it makes me. And this, you know, and as Wes was saying all along, it's infuriating that they gave Weed in as much time as they did. Mm. to come back in even after Hoyer because all they need is someone who can move the ball without co- head-spinning errors occurring. This is a tough one for the Browns. They haven't split with... Or they haven't uh, they haven't beaten the Bengals twice in a season in 11 years. I think it's going to happen this weekend. Ooh. It reminds
5: me of the old... Bears teams from Lovey Smith, 06, 07, when they, when they had the best defense and special teams in the league, and they were wasting opportunities on Rex Grossman, who would just give the ball. Here, take the ball. I don't want it. You need a quarterback who can take care of the ball, manage the game, and Campbell does that. He's doing for the Browns what Alex Smith does for the Chiefs.
3: Does the other shoe drop, though? Because I think we're all kind of like, wait, what? Jason Campbell isn't a mild disaster or He's extreme or vanilla? He's been He's been good. I know, but aren't we surprised by that? I am. I... I thought he had a chance to be the Browns' best quarterback. So
5: I'm not surprised by that, but I am surprised he's playing as well as he's playing. How
2: about the guy in the row of our cubicles that's a Bengals fan, and as you put it, he was wicked dismissive of mm. the Browns having any chance to compete on well, Sunday. Wicked
3: casually dismissive. Uh, just, wicked, yeah. you know, oh, casually oh, absolutely dismissive. not. This there's no. I don't even need to watch this game. We're not, not even losing questioned. to the Browns. This right. is
4: a rare hero pick that I'm rooting for the hero, because you look, you've already lost one I'm, hero pick this yeah, week, so that and I'm
2: way out of it in the standings. You're, I'm you're no a little far here. behind. Mark but, had a hero on the Titans.
4: But how much more interesting will this division race be if the Browns can get this win? Then it's like everyone's alive. The Bengals are in free fall. Everyone loves piling on Andy Dalton. It could be a
2: lot of fun. There's Mar- no
5: question. I'm picking against the. Ben- I'm rooting against the Bengals. I'm rooting for Mark here.
2: Yeah, Mark and I, um, we're starting to get potentially, especially if they Cleveland wins this week, of being in that weird spot where instead of kind of rooting for our Jets and Browns for each other, we're going to have to turn on each other like rabid dogs.
3: And it does, it, Greg had <laughs> promised us, just want the listeners to know, that if if Cleveland plays New York way deep in the season here, that if there is a meaningful football, he was going to fly us yes. to the Big Apple Week to cover 16, that game, I, I believe. I believe. Net Jets.
4: Do you know what NetJets is? That's like a private plane that you, that you partially own. I'm going to give you my private plane I think it'd be more it
3: like we'll do a share a ride where you put a thing up on a bulletin board in a campus <laughs> and we get a, like a car trip to New York somewhere Cross so that's country. how you
2: first moved out here right something like not that not too far from it alright folks. so let's move on to the rest of the games uh, we will start with uh, the Baltimore Ravens uh, coming off that game that they really needed beating the, the Bengals at the, uh, at the gun they now travel to Chicago to face a Bears team uh, without Jay Cutler of course but they've managed well without him um, for the most part, Greg, the Ravens, they need this game as well. They need to start stringing some wins together. Or are they going to do it on the road?
4: I took the Ravens in this game. Three of us did. Kevin Patcher, our Chicago correspondent. Mark, you also chose the Ravens. And I think it's a coin flip type of game. I think Josh McCown's played well this season, but he hasn't played a defense this good. Elvis Dumerville is playing really well. No one's talking about him. I like this Ravens defense in general. I think they're going to start getting Bernard Pierce the ball more as their primary back, hopefully a little less of Ray Rice. And this is the matchup of which could be worse, the Bears' rush defense or the Ravens' running <laughs> attack? And I think maybe this is one of the weeks where they can actually get some, ball, some yards on the ground Baltimore.
5: So they're going re- they're going to replace 2.7 Ray Rice with 2.8 Bernard Pierce. <laughs> he ran better last <laughs> improvement. week. Improvement <laughs> on his six carries. Is it fair to say that he ran he
4: had
2: some nice runs in that game?
5: Yeah, he's run better than Ray Rice all year. But uh they can't run the ball because their offensive Which, line doesn't block. Which by the way
2: block. explains why Bernard Pierce was so high in my preseason running back rankings. Thank you. <laughs>
3: I
5: don't know if I'd be boasting about a guy averaging less than three Nailed yards per it. carry.
3: Grand slam. Reader, spare yourself. Do not go read that article. <laughs> <laughs> why, why do you take the Bears, Wes? Because the Ravens can't move the ball. I will pick
5: against any team that can't move the ball at all. They, they have no passing game. They have no running game. They have no offense. Couldn't they against Chicago, who,
4: who by the why way, lost, Who lost Charles Tillman... For the season. They still have Chris Conte, which is like playing with 10 people on defense every week. It's a terrible defense right now.
5: Chris Conte had a good game last week. He
4: he also gave up big plays. Even in his good games where he makes a couple of big plays, he gives up some your, big your plays. Your
5: question is, could the Ravens move the ball? Yes, they could. I would bet against it because I haven't seen <laughs> it all year.
2: All right, let's uh, move on. Actually, before we move on, I just want to notice I was looking at our... Our week 11 picks on the on the website, and Wes came in last this week, so he had to write the intro. Just a fiery intro by A little Wes. bit fiery. Let me qu- let I let me just basically quote- blamed the pigskin for me losing. <laughs> let me quote the last two paragraphs of this. I did my part. The teams I backed just couldn't close the deal. In other words, there will be no change in my mythology this week. Methodology. Methodology this week. I'm going with my gut to do otherwise – would. Go against everything I've learned about football over the past three decades, Chris Wesling fired up. Yeah, I did wow. my part. Look at the games I lost.
5: Four <laughs> teams lost by a, compo- to- a combined total of nine points, and the Dolphins and
3: Redskins blew late leads.
5: This I did defiant. my part.
2: That is the Your
3: part is to pick winners. I did, and then they blew. <laughs> you it. did not. Wrestling
4: senses that fork coming for him,
2: and he's getting antsy. <laughs> I um, am getting
5: antsy. I'm not happy about this. All
2: right, let's move Methodology. on. Methodology. Speaking of winners, <laughs> these are not winners. These are two teams that have not won enough. Oh, the Oakland Raiders. Wes's Oakland Raiders. Uh, this is a big for. Or this is a big Wes softball pants scenario. Wes, of course, will eat his own softball pants if the. Uh, Raiders win six games or more this Will season Chris eat his and they are now three and six, so this is a big one. They now travel to Houston to face a Texans team, another west favorite wow this is a this is like the West Bowl Raiders <laughs> at Texans, the two and seven Texans rising, riding a two game a seven game losing streak. Wes I mean there's a lot of conflicted emotions on this one i'm sure
5: I would say this is the safest I've felt about my softball pants since. Probably in two months. Fair. Terrell Pryor took half the first team reps yesterday, sp- split with Matt McGloin. Even if Pryor plays, it doesn't seem like his running will be as much of a factor playing with a knee injury. So I really like the Texans in this game. I, the Pryor isn't playing well regardless. Raiders are kind of, eh, I they're not playing well. I, I, like, uh, I like the Case Keenum factor here, of course.
2: I once got a 40 on a math uh, state exam, so I will um, – not claim to be good at math, but if, if the, <laughs> Out of 100? Yeah, out of 100. Mm, wow. if, if the Raiders lose this game, they will have to go 3-3 three and three down the stretch for Wes to eat his softball pants, and I, I, I am not confident that they will play 500 ball if they can't win this game.
3: Yeah, I think the concept of Wes eating a massive amount of uh, white fabric that's been used on a sports field is not going to happen. <laughs> I just want to see Matt McGloin versus Case Keenum. That would be exciting. That would be. I mean,
4: as, as Wesleyan can tell you, the Texans are the greatest team in NFL history to be on a seven-game losing streak. What, what a squad. I mean, just get them ready for the Super
3: Bowl this year. Wes seamlessly shifts into a career as a Texans PR man. I have to salvage all the damage Dan did in preseason. Dan, by the way, who said they would be 8-8. I'm going to
2: get that wrong.
3: You're going to get it wrong, and it's shocking why. Because I haven't
2: gotten a call from that radio station, though. No. They, they, they must be catatonic right now. Because um, they literally, the way they talk, they talked to me like I was a moron because that was <laughs> <Right>. a 14-win <laughs> so juggernaut. So condescending
3: to an NFL.com writer for being way too generous, frankly.
2: Yeah. Anyway, let's move forward. Um, Mark, the Arizona Cardinals uh, now get a road game against the Jackson. The Cardinals' schedule is pretty nice right now. They're now going on the road to face the Jaguars. The Jaguars, of course, won last week, but I'm not going to get too excited about that. Cardinals have a really good chance to be 6-4. and four and right in the middle of the NFC playoff race, unless they mess this up. Mark, will they mess it up and lose the Jaguars on the road?
3: You know, they will not because <clears throat> Jacksonville is not maybe going to be the easy out they were for the first eight weeks. I could see them being a little bit stingier, a little bit tougher. They showed some grit against the Titans. But Arizona's defense is honestly one of the better around. And uh, I don't think that their 5-4 and four record is a mirage. 6-4 is whereabout I'd put them. The, the X factor, of course, is Carson Palmer, but I don't know. He he could play a poor game, as he's done many times before, and it probably wouldn't be enough to sink the Cardinals. I'm going Arizona.
4: Bruce Arians might have to win Coach of the Year again. I mean, Palmer's got 12 touchdowns, 15 interceptions, and four last fumbles, and they're and they're staring at a 6-4. and four. I don't know how that happens. No one has anything to say about the Jaguars. <laughs> this is no. Clear. no well, they, we're done with the them. The
5: Jaguars, they... Credit Gus Bradley. They came out, and they laid the wood on the Titans last week. They were hitting hard. It was the hardest I've seen Maurice Jones-Drew run all year. I just don't know if they can channel that en- energy for a second straight game against a, team, a Cardinals team, like you said. The defense is one of the four or five best in the NFL. I don't know what the numbers say, but when you watch them play, they're, they swarm. They're everywhere. And
3: when you talk about taking away a team's best player, I don't even know who that is for Jacksonville right now. Because, And I'm not trying to be condescending, but – you no, take not Bla- at all. you take Blackman Cecil out of the Short, mix. Is it Shorts? But Shorts is you know they did it as is a, a strange effort between a bunch of guys last week. I don't see it happening. All
2: right, let's move on. This for me, this next game was one of the tougher games of the week to pick, but I think all of us agreed that the Washington Redskins in losing that game last week on the road, a game they needed, a game they had a big lead that they cannot be taken seriously anymore. They are facing the Philadelphia Eagles this week who are playing well. Um, It's in Philadelphia, so Redskins, Eagles, and the Redskins will be done if they lose this game. Greg, are the Eagles going to stick a fork in the Skins?
4: I think they will. We all think they will. I was surprised that we all went with them. Especially I think that's you, what I'm saying. You, you picked them to win the NFC East, the Redskins, I, before. And the I season. hung
2: with the Redskins all season, waiting for them to turn around. When I when they blew that game at the Metro Metrodome, I couldn't do it anymore.
4: I've picked against the Redskins every single week this season, so I've gone six and three picking the Redskins. When when fans say that, oh, you guys hate. Our team, you know, usually they're wrong, but I think I really do hate the Redskins for some reason. I don't know why. It's the Shanahans (laughs) and the defense. And uh, this Eagles offense, we can stop debating about Chip Kelly. This year, they have 61 plays over 20 yards. That leads the NFL in explosive plays. The next closest team is the Broncos with 45 so no one is even close to as an explosive an offense as the Eagles. And they're playing a terrible defense this week. And if they're as good as, as the numbers say, they should put up 35, 40 points.
5: I've got another mind-blowing stat on Chip mm. Kelly's offense. It. So Oregon is still running his offense under their new head coach. The starting quarterback for Oregon and the starting quarterback for the Eagles have a combined 38 touchdowns and zero interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> That's mm. awesome. Hello. And a few sniveling dopes on Twitter – well, how about Mike Vick? Did you forget about him? Okay, so 43 touchdowns and three interceptions, if you conclude those games. And forget the Vick
3: thing, because it's like...
5: What <laughs> did, did you it?
2: call them? <laughs> sniveling... Sniveling <laughs> dopes. Yes. Kelly doesn't like
3: even have the guys he wants at this point, right? He's just plugged in what he inherited for the most part. It's been impressive. The two,
4: the two key players behind LaShawn McCoy are Foles and Riley Cooper. I mean, th- these are guys not the rest of the NFL is not clamoring over before the season. Riley Cooper is more of a key guy than Deshaun Jackson. The last month, he's been a huge
3: factor in them winning games, yeah. All One right. thing we talked about in the newsroom real quick, the Eagles 0-5 at home. The only, the only the second team in history to be over 500 in Week 10 without a home win. The only other team, the glorious 1926 Los Angeles Buccaneers. One of Dan's favorite teams. The L.A. Bucks. <laughs>
5: They're up there with the
3: Miami Seahawks.
2: Wow. All right, moving forward, uh, the Detroit Lions head to Pittsburgh to face the Steelers. The NFL Network is on some type of campaign. Our reporters have really hit this story hard about Ben Roethlisberger um, perhaps having some issues within the building wanting to be traded. Now they have issues about the work ethic. So first of all, I ask, is it possible, before we even get to the game, this Ben Roethlisberger thing, can we just touch on this real quick? The the Steelers would be completely insane to ever trade him, right?
3: Nothing's impossible. I think
2: it's a little crazy, but
3: if they
4: had a rookie quarterback that they really believed in and they really do have those kind of concerns with his work ethic and they could trade Roethlisberger for a couple of ones, including the high one next year that gets them their guy, they have a track record of pulling these things off pretty well. Hmm.
2: So what do you think about, all right, so then let's talk about the De- the Detroit-Lion-Pittsburgh-Steeler game this week. Wes, uh, another game, this is a must. A lot of must-win games this week. Steelers need this one. Uh, do you think they come out and get it? I picked them to win.
5: To me, this is a bit of a coin flip game. I have more faith in the Steelers than most people in this room do. I still think they're a average team. They can beat anybody on a given day. Defense showed up last week. Big Ben can play with any quarterback in the league when he's hot. Antonio Brown has been playing
3: brilliant football this year. I, I, I could see it as a coin flip game, and I'm going with the home team. I'd argue it's a bigger game, more must-win game for the Lions because they're relevant still. The Steelers, I would have forked weeks ago, to be honest. And Detroit can do major damage in the NFC North with a win. If Green Bay continues to stumble and the Bears don't take care of business against the Ravens, Lions are sitting pretty.
4: But you could flip that right around too. The Steelers are not out of it if they win this game and the Bengals lose this Listen, week. Listen, I don't every wanna... team in that division is only one loss apart. I one hear loss. you.
3: Yeah, I hear you. I, the, you know, Big Ben. It's hard to count out Pittsburgh because of Big Ben, but they are not about to rip off six of seven games here. Come on,
2: and let's see. It's quite possible. Let's also yeah, see Ben put possible. together it's some not actual good games this season. Before we anoint him as still a top five quarterback, we're going to be picking him next yeah. he's had some great games. He's this played year. well. He's played he's pretty on well my lately. Team, I'm tracking this very closely.
4: His numbers haven't been unbelievable, been but he's he's played pretty well lately. He has not been their their big problem.
2: All right, moving on, Mark. We don't need to spend too much time on this game, but I will throw it to you: the Atlanta Falcons uh, against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Really exciting. There must there's probably a big buzz down in uh, Florida for this game. You you kind of channel that buzz through your words.
3: You listen. I find this to be one of the more. De- this is the time of year where you start to get some genuinely depressing matchups. This is depressing because I before the year thought Tampa would be a playoff team, and I was way off. And I love when I listen. I get some things way wrong. This was one of those things. In Atlanta, what a disaster. Who wants to watch this? Not me. You can't wait to see Brian Leonard and Steven Jackson running backwards. I'll tell you
4: who wants to watch it. Dan, who's going to be covering Dan it on ha- Sunday. Dan? Oh,
5: yeah. How did I draw the that?
3: The is Dan has to watch it.
2: Somehow I continue to, to draw the 32nd overall pick in whatever this <laughs> stupid draft we have to pick games is. How am I getting that game? Hey,
4: A... Uh, Mark loves the Jaguars. There's a lot of protected <laughs> games this week because, you know, Kevin Patrick doesn't have T V, He's a Lions fan. You're a Jets fan. Kevin, you Patra. guys
3: use your draft picks on your lame teams. Patrick's like <laughs> covering go. games off like a ham radio on his wall. Well, maybe I could <laughs> offer this to
2: Mark. Tampa Bay outdoors pretty weather down there right?
3: <laughs> <laughs> but listen i
2: love outside they
3: don't have mike james in atlanta in stephen jackson doesn't have a running back
2: why are we still talking about the game I don't i'm know. talking game about the doesn't elements even
3: exist. these teams are dead to us <laughs>
5: i like on. how you
2: spun that towards football move talk. on <laughs> uh <laughs> Get i will. out of this corner the chargers uh the fading chargers potentially uh, are heading to miami and the dolphins are also fading uh greg well, fading might be a nice way to put it for the Dolphins. Uh, will the Chargers take care of business, keep their playoff hopes alive, while basically burying the Dolphins? That's how I see it. How about you?
4: I agree. We all took the Chargers, which I was surprised. We were split on that that Falcons Buccaneers barn burner, but we all just assumed that the Dolphins apparently are done. I think because well, did you see
2: them on Monday night.
4: Whatever. They, I mean, I don't think the Chargers would necessarily win in Tampa Bay either. I mean, they're, I think these are mid-lean teams that'll be eight or nine win types of teams. What? You, Wesleyan's
3: upset. <laughs>
5: what the heck are you talking about? The Chargers <laughs> are your favorite team in the NFL, and you think Phillip Rivers is a conquering god, <laughs> and, you just, and you said they won't win in they Tampa didn't, Bay?
4: They didn't win in Washington. I don't think any win for these teams on the road against a— I think the Buccaneers are halfway decent. That's why I picked them this week. I think they're playing okay. I mean, they just almost won in Seattle. If they had just finished off that game, we're getting way off track here. Why are
3: we still talking about the Bucks? Let's th- – I just – because the Buc- <laughs> people have
4: demanded – They're not even halfway to halfway decent. More Bucks talk. I think that's really my – we do these midseason reviews at NFL <laughs> Media this week, and that was mine. More Bucks talk. <laughs> so
2: that's all I have to say. All right, let's just move on. We all, we all think the Chargers will win. That will be nice. Um, the Green Bay Packers, two-game losing streak – Uh, They need this game. They're going to the ends. to face a giant team that is on a three-game winning streak, but they are not necessarily playing that well. Uh, Both these teams need this game very badly. Wes, who's going to take it?
5: I am shocked at how the national... What's so funny? ...and how the rest of the country has seen this game shape up. (laughs) The Giants are apparently going to blow the Packers out, despite the fact that the Giants haven't played a good game all year, even in their three wins.
3: Right, they looked awful in most of their in their three wins, it, and this is one of those. Hey, you picked the Giants, did I? You know, Wes. <laughs> hold on. All right, we're not going to get into it. Well, no, let's, some strange let's get things into it. with your picks in comparison to your comments. Well, half these games are coin flip. It games. is a coin. flip. I mean, I don't know who's going to win. I, you want me to bank on Scott Tolzien? Well, this has one <laughs> of those weird time suck things where it's like the Packers have an NFLO three picks and Eli Manning. Can't stop throwing picks. What happens? The game just vanishes off the field. It doesn't exist. I just want to say thank you
4: to NBC and the NFL for coming up with flex scheduling. Yes. Because it's this the greatest invention. This would have been the Sunday night game. Tolzien versus the lame Giants. And instead, we get the game of the year just about.
2: I have a prediction that we will see Matt Flynn on Sunday. I have a sessler about this. So get ready. That's I,
4: depressing. I hope you're not right, because Mark and I took the Packers. This is a great test of how strong is your the rest of your organization and team other than your quarterback? Because the Packers are obviously a better team overall. So if Tolzien is just okay, they should win this game.
5: Here's why I picked the Giants I remember. Because they have been shutting down the running game, and mm. Lacey is about all the Packers have right now. Well, you're right. Boykin. Good job, Wes. What about Boykin? Boykin's playing well, but somebody has to get him the ball. K.
2: Okay, Rich, I very rarely have a Cesler. The one time I do have one, you don't give me any sound effect. What's <laughs> <Except> up <laughs> with that? Ah, oh, there it is. Sessa. Yeah. I'm happy now. All right, the final game of the week. The Minnesota Vikings uh, travel to Seattle to face the Seahawks. Man, the schedule kind of falls apart a little bit in the back end. Mark, the Seahawks have not lost at home this year. Is it going to happen on Monday night?
4: Listen,
3: Russell Wilson. You really sold that one.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is
3: Christian Ponder going to go there and do the impossible? Wilson hasn't it. lost at home since he was at NC State in 2010. Wow. And this, to me, lines up nice the, stat. the game that could be <laughs> 60 to nothing. Nice nug. I like, this, uh, I like this as a major wipeout. We got Percy Harvin potentially back in the fold. Mm-hmm. and Revenge factor. That's interesting. Him versus. A lot like of I do want to watch how Harvin in general's used over the. I don't think we'll see a whole lot this week, but just over the next coming I weeks, bet they're he getting plays healthy. fewer than ten snaps this week, sure. Yes. But they're getting healthy at the right time. Seattle, I'll take the over on that one.
2: One guy I like in the last uh, last few weeks uh, for the Seahawks. One of our making the leap candidates, Golden Tate making a lot of plays, and uh, you know once he is moved back to his normal role and you get Percy healthy, things are going to get really dangerous in Seattle.
4: This is, I mean, the Vikings Insight. defense might be the worst in the league. If you, if you had Russell Wilson on your bench in fantasy, which he probably has been quite a bit this year, it's finally in everyone in the pool game. Adrian Peterson quietly also missed practice Thursday and Friday, but he is expected to play in this game. I think Christian Ponder is going to start. We don't know that for sure. And breaking news as we're up here during the podcast, it's starting to look like Matt McGloin will be the guy for the Raiders on Sunday.
2: Yes Yes. Love it. <laughs> Why are we excited
5: about this? Means the Oh for softball fans. Yeah. Wait, didn't the, isn't this payments?
3: a
4: rematch of the Matt McGloin, Case Keenum, Penn State versus Houston ticket city bowl? In t- 2011, I can us?
5: guarantee
3: that you didn't watch a second of that game.
5: <laughs> I had no idea there was a thing called a Ticket City
2: Bowl.
4: In fact, someone on Twitter told me that McGloin <laughs> didn't actually play in that game. He was the Penn State backup. But we don't need to let facts get in the way I of this. I feel like
2: Ticket City was swallowed up in a huge corporate <laughs> merger by Ticketron, which was then swallowed up by another dinosaur, Ticketmaster. Ticket Country. Ticket Country. <laughs> Something like that happened.
4: I just like, you know, Scott Tolzien is involved in a playoff race. Josh McCown is. We've got a Keenum versus McGloin what matchup. What bowl game did they play against each other? I don't know. This is
2: exciting. There's the rails week.
3: over there, and here's our podcast. <laughs> That's a weird week. 30 yards off the rails.
2: Um, all right, those are the week 11 games. We'll, we will be back on Sunday night, of course, to talk about all the results. Uh, before we go, we have some good NFL.com backslash ATL content out there. Greg, you do the injury report on Friday. There's a lot of good stuff there. We do that at, We do that probably four to five times a week. So if you ever want to know what's going on in practice, where guys are, just check in with our injury report. I have my uh, weekly end around up. Mark, a lot of great stuff this week, uh, including your last stand weekend, which uh, points out a handful of NFL hopefuls. That's what That's what the copy says. What does that mean? For a handful, it's basically
3: teams that they lose this week could be you mean it's playoff over, hopefuls. Baby. It's
2: curtains. You could mean be- playoff hopefuls.
4: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fork is looming over yeah. a lot of teams,
3: and Sessler you is ready to
2: plunge. You gave me bum copy, Sessler.
3: I assumed that you had <laughs> read my article,
2: which I now realize you never do. <laughs> That's not true. I dig through it all. Uh, Mark, close. you also had that piece about teams looking for new quarterbacks. Wes, you're making leap pieces going up today. Everybody, get excited! A lot of good stuff there. We'll be back on Sunday. Uh, this is Dan Hansa signing off for The Mailman, The Sizzler, The Boss, K. Rich behind the glass, and Lyle, The Crappy ATL Intern. Until Sunday.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired.